Welcome to the second video of The Lost Mine of Fun Delver. Having seen the first two chapters of the adventure, we are going to proceed with the third one called The Spider's Web. The players have already spoken to all the important people in Fandalin and they will set out into the forest and hills their investigation led them to. So far they should know the following. Sister Garyle wants the players to seek out the Bansi Agatha in the ruined town of Coniberry and ask her about Baugendel's spellbook. Daran Endermath wants the group to find out who is lurking near the old old well. Quailin Alderleaf has sent them to the old town of Thuntertree to consult with the druid Radoth about the location of Kragmau Castle and the Wave Echo Cave. Townmaster Herbin wants the orcs out of Wyvern Tor, and Sildar Hallwinter wants Kragmau Castle found and also needs the whereabouts of his lost friend Guntred. Getting into the spider's web, depending on how the players want to proceed, they will head into the following important sites. First, Conybury and Agatha's Lair. A sacked by Barbarian's town is the current home of the Banshee, a powerful creature that will not fight the players even if they are disrespectful or aggressive towards her. She will simply disappear and never reveal herself to the group again. Of course, there is plenty of room to teach disrespectful players a lesson, engaging them to a combat that obviously they cannot win. If they are polite and present the Banshee with a gift given by Sister Garel, she will be talkative. If they talk about the spellbook, Agatha would tell them that it belonged to the necromancer named Chernoth, however she is not aware of the locations of the book. Of course, the adventurers being adventurers might decide to ask something of their own. Being a powerful diviner, the Banshee will answer correctly any one question they might ask, be it relevant to the story or not. The second is the Old Old Well, a ruined watchtower with undead creatures spotted is actually home to a maid who is exploring the site in hopes of gathering powerful arcane lore. A dozen zombies have been raised by the wizard to safeguard the area. If the players get in the fight with the zombies, Hamun Kost, the evil mage, will appear and ask for the meaning of this. Kost is a red wizard of Thay, a land where wizards tattoo their bodies with their represented schools of magic. I, I do hope soon to do a video about the famous locations of Faerun and their lore. And Kost will be conversational as long as the players don't attack him. He needs something and the group seems like a good candidate for what he has in mind. He wants the orcs of Wyvern Tor removed, since they are standing to become a nuisance to him and also wants to ask Agatha the Banshee a question about who built the Old Owl Well. If the players have not asked any question to the Banshee before, they might help the wizard out. Otherwise, taking care of the orcs will do for him as well. Of course, there is always a chance they want to fight the mage with the 12 zombies. It's not an impossible fight, but definitely a fight that needs preparation and strategy from your players. Then we have the Ruins of Thundertree, the most interesting side quest of the adventure. This part has given me some really fun times and a couple of TPKs to players that they were not wise enough. Thundertree is an abandoned village, once a prosperous community and now destroyed by the eruption of Mount Hotnau in the wake of the natural disaster a plague of strange zombies swept over the area killing and driving off those who survived the eruption. Here the group can find the druid Radoth and some cultists that are worshipping a dragon who wants to claim Thundertree for his domain. In the ruins the players can find a couple of twig blights, some treasure covered in more twig blights, four ass zombies 
created by the eruption, the druid, who has the location of the Kragmau castle but will not give out the wave echo cave location as easily, if they are willing to prove themselves to him and chase off the dragon that is terrorizing the area, then he will most certainly share these secrets with them, eight more twig blights, two giant spiders in a web-filled house, the dragon tower where a young green dragon named Venomfang has claimed, a couple of ash zombies, five more ash zombies, six twig blights, and six human count lists are found here. The cult list encounter is a really interesting one. The leader of the cult lists will try to convince the players that they are here to kill the dragon. The players will have plenty of shots to catch them lying, but if they won't, something that a couple of my groups fail to do, they are willing to find themselves in a really bad spot. The cult list will take them to the dragon tower to kill the dragon, but when the fight erupts, the cult list will turn in the players and offer them as a tribute to him. So now the players will have the dragon and the cult list to fight. A poor position in the beginning here and some bad rolls might lead to a TPK, so be warned. Still, the face of your players when the leader of the cultist Favric will turn to the dragon and scream just before he would supposedly attack him. Oh great one, I bring you a sacrifice that fits your excellence. Bathe in their blood. Kill them all for Venomfang. Will be priceless. Then we have the Wyvern Tour. Marching on the players will find themselves at the landmark known as Wyvern Tour. It used to be the home of some vicious wyverns, now cleared by brave adventurers. The tour is currently the camp of a band of orcs and their ogre ally. The group can spot a lone orc on sentry duty at a cave that holds Brugor, Axebiter, and six more orcs along with a filthy ogre named Gog. Nothing of importance happens here, but I have found more often than not that some of my players would have some open business with orcs from their backstories, so this part can be easily adapted by you to work as a plotline for your overarching storyline. Finally, the group will find the location of the castle. The castle that holds the poor dwarf they are seeking along with a salvageable castle for them if they manage to clear it from its vile occupants. There are plenty of entry points into the castle. Depending on which they pick, the players will deal with the following. If they're stealthy enough, the sentry goblins might not spot them. If they do, arrows will come flying from the slits and the alarm will be raised. If the alarm sounds, hobgoblins of room 6 and 4 will head to fight near the trap and await the players. Two goblins in each of these rooms are waiting and three more goblins in here. Sildor's gear can be found in this room and four goblins are encountered here. Seven goblins with their leader, Yeg, are waiting in this room, and a Greek is hidden. Three more goblins in filthy robes will worship Maglubiet, the god of goblins, and two more hobgoblins can be encountered. An owlbear is in prison here and can be taken advantage if used properly, otherwise a really difficult fight for the group will unfold. Finally, we have the King's Quarters, where King Grohl, along with his wolf Snarl, is talking with Doppelganger, Disguised as a drow, Virith is a messenger from the Black Spider. He came to collect the dwarf and the map of Wave Echo Cave from King Grohl, who wants to sell it rather than hand it over. So they are negotiating a price. If the alarm has been sound, Virith will hide and await for the intruders to enter before he attacks. King Grohl holds Gudred as hostage and he is threatening to kill him. Hidden under the Grohl's bed is the map neatly stashed away. 
the last thing that will happen in the location of the castle or the way back to Phandalin is that the group will meet the returning warband of a hobgoblin squad. Three hobgoblins led by Targor along with two wolves will try to kill the players. There can be some smart roleplay letting Targor know that King Grohl is dead and he could be the new king and he could lead this group to another safer place than Cragmount Castle since now it's going to be infested with humans. And this will seal the third chapter of the adventure with the players now hopeful knowing the location of the legendary Wave Echo Cave and with Gundred eager to head there to find his brothers. The small hook that is always a great incentive for the players is that Gundred is willing to part with 10% of the mine's wealth when it's up and running. The epilogue of the lost mine on Thandelven is the Wave Echo Cave, a dungeon that is appropriate for 4th level players. Approaching the entrance of the cave, the players will find a campsite where Thardian Rockseeker lies stone cold dead. Gundred's brother was killed by the Black Spider. Heading north, they will find themselves at the tunnels and to an Okri jelly stalking them. Heading to the east, they will find an old entrance with the Sturgis awaiting their next meal. Nine skeletons lurk in the shadows and three gals are gnawing on ancient bones and seeking for some new ones to replenish them. A fungi-infested room awaits with poisonous gas spreading if anyone tries to cross it. Seven gals, hungry and ready to devour the players in an interesting terrain that can be taken advantage of. The pool that holds the remains of a dead wizard with multiple arrows embedding him, holding a magical wand and leaving the players with the question, should we get in there to get it or should we not? Letting them ponder with the dreaded scene and the ominous wave-like echoes of the northeast side of the cave looming over them will give you a really fun opportunity messing up with their heads. Five bugbears are resting at the barracks. Eight of the fallen dwarfs come back as zombies and a devastating flame skull, a one servant of human wizard, continues to protect the forge of spells. In the wizard's quarters, Morsmek the Wraith can be found. He is a terrifying creature that can be reasoned, however. If the players are willing to part with some of their magical items, the Wraith might spare their lives. He is open to trade some items for gems and gold, but not his magical items, which are tucked away. If the characters agree to kill the spectator in the Forge of Spells, he will give them a map of a hidden treasure nearby. This is a very nice future plot for your players to investigate and of course a way for you to link other future adventures. Finally, the group will arrive at the Forge of Spells. This is the heart of the dungeon, where a stone pedestal holds a small brazier with an ever-burning green fire on it. Items placed here will gain a plus one bonus for up to 12 hours. Here, of course, the players will find one of the most dangerous enemies, the spectator. There are many ways to deal with a creature, fooling it by mentioning that the group are miners working in the cave is one, killing it of course is another, and if the smarter of your players figure out that the creature with so many eyes is blinded, something interesting will happen. And they're right, he will disappear back into his plane of existence. 
The room holds the Lightbringer and a Dragon Guard, two really powerful items for your players. The room that creates the repeating wave crashing sound is here. The booming of it is heard periodically all around the cave. Three backbears with a doppelganger are working here, and if encountered, the doppelganger will try to head to room 19 and warn the black spider about the invasion. Leaving us with the last fight of the dungeon, the big bad boy of the lost mine. Nesnar. He can be found here along with his four giant spiders. If the group ain't too careful and the doppelganger or anything else warns Nesnar, he will be hiding invisible in this room, giving him the edge at the beginning of the combat. Nes is an interesting bad guy. He is an intelligent draw that is keen to talk to the players. They, after all, manage to find him and perhaps even clear this place, something he could not do all this time. He has plans and he is prepared to to trick the players into sharing their own. He will do and say anything to take advantage of the players or simply mislead them until it's the best time to attack. As a game master, you have all the freedom in the world to plan ahead of time how you want to play Nez, making him promise treasure or power to gold and power-hungry players, promise them he could repair the forge of spells and permanent magical items can be produced, tell them about his plans to build a network of spies in big cities and with the gold they can make from here they will become great landowners and perhaps even mayors. The sky is the limit and your fantasy in that sense. I know for a fact that with all the groups I have reached this point, I never played him the same way, because my players have different goals. If combat is the last resort, he will use all of his canning to kill the players. If killed, the key for room 20 can be retrieved, along with Nundro, the last Rockseeker brother, alive but in a terrible condition. And that's how the Lost Mine of Fandelver will come to an end. If the players played their cards right, they will have killed the Black Spider and saved the Rock Seeker brother. They will have cleared the cave and they are ready to get busy with the dwarves in a village that will be bursting with life. They have all the freedom to expand on the hooks they have and of course a couple of locations to take as their own. They should be 5th level by now and ready to move on to their next adventure. Thank you for being here. I really hope this two-part analysis of the adventure helped you gain a better grasp as a game master. I have no idea what my next video will be about, but I'm already diving into my dusty library to find out the right books for it. Until then, this was the RPG Lore Master, and welcome to my table.